0: So, John, if you had to eat a live animal, I mm-hmm. think that happened in this film on multiple occasions,
1: yeah. what animal would you choose? Hmm. Well, I think it'd have to be something I could swallow whole. I don't think I'd want to chew. You don't want to bite it? No, although, does that mean it'd still be alive on the way down? Yeah. It would. Oh. Yeah, it would.
0: And inside. And in... Oh. In, it's... in your stomach, wriggling about.
1: Yeah. Oh. I'm, I'm just thinking of that scene in Orange is the New Black when they make... Uh, Mm. F- is it Flacco? Oh, forget and one of the Latin girls eat baby mice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so not baby mice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe like an earthworm. Just, rig- something you just, just you could just,
0: just what? it could wriggle its way through your tubes, but it doesn't have eyes. It might go all the way through, it might by itself, and be
1: alive on the way out. Mm. Well, then I've not killed anything. I, I, I mean, the I, mean I mean, John, you're anything.
0: you're an active meat eater. Is 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 that yeah. your problem here? No, but you know what I mean. It's, there's a level of <laughs> If you get, Emotional if you, distance. If you yeah. get an earthworm, John, it it might in fact it might not decide to wriggle its way out at the other end. And it might just keep wriggling back up as your body forces it down so it then just constantly lives inside you, in your bowels. Oh, didn't think nice. that one through, did
1: you? I didn't. Maybe I maybe I'm gonna to have to just bite the bullet. And by bullet I mean neck. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> so, okay, what 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 are you gonna what you gonna chew up and eat then? Oh god. Something very small. Something like a, very small? Yeah. But not so small that I might accidentally not chew like, on it. Like a kitten? I don't think i to get a whole kitten in my mouth. No, <laughs> and again,
0: I'm not going to chew up a kitten. Mm-hmm. Ah, John, you monster! <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's going to have to be an insect. I mean, you can't go anything above insect feels unnecessarily mm-hmm. cruel. Mm-hmm. I st- I'm still thinking earthworm, jellyfish. Th- that would be the injuries <laughs> would be inherent. Okay, I'll, I'll do that if you if you agree to piss in my mouth afterwards. Oh John, don't even make it so weird. Oh. Someone's, someone's gonna have to. Oh, piss in your own goddamn mouth. You know that's physically impossible, Harry. What? Just piss in your mouth? Pissing your of course it's yeah. How hmm. will you possibly piss in your own mouth? You just aim up. Aim up. You've got you've
0: you got. You, you, lie, you lie down, you aim it up towards your face, and you just go to ten. You're speaking about this with a lot of authority. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is anything you want to tell me?
0: No, let's move on. back, everybody, to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where today we're pitching prequels, sequels and spin-off ideas to Vampire's Kiss. We'll also be pitching some drinking games and hear from my listeners with the ideas they've posted on our Facebook and Twitter pages. But first, we're going to talk about some of our favourite moments from the original movie and catch up with a plot summary. I'm Harry, the host with the most hangover, <laughs> and joining me as always, fresh as a daisy,
1: is John Lucas. I'm always fresh as a daisy. i mm. come to this podcast, much like Nicolas Cage, approaches movie roles, <laughs> i come to this podcast... At 100, yep. ready to go, ready to
0: deliver. He didn't come at 100% for this. He was at 150%. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he, was yeah. At, he was at
1: 15, yeah. minimum,
0: yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I can't picture a world in which the director of a film like this was like, this is the performance I want out of you. <laughs> like, you know that bit where, he, where he's starting to get a little bit angry at, what, what's her name? Alva, Alva. I mean, they say her name a hundred. I know, times. I know, I know, I know. And uh, he just jumps on a desk. Yes. And like the scene doesn't call for it, really. He just <laughs> jumps on a desk, and I don't think that was planned. I'm sure. I think Nicholas Cage just walked into a search. Like I'm going to jump on something.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I In have. Fact, I don't even think he thought that. I don't think he does think. I think he just he, does. He, he yeah. just does. Well, what I love is uh, he just is. Yeah. Well, when watching this, I really thought to myself: the process of making a film. Is that you know you shoot the same scene multiple times, Mm -hmm. and then the best take is the one that they use. Mm -hmm. So, what must the outtakes look like for this one? Mm. Like, not that he's bad in this film. We'll talk about it, but like, I I don't think this is like every every take that is in this film. Every crazy moment in this film, Mm. the director had to look at several versions of and be like, "This is the one that we can use." I I, I don't think that's
0: the case. I, I, I don't think that for a film like this some of those scenes that you're talking about would be done multiple times like say the scene like the biggest scene when he's in the office and he does mm. the he just the meme face yeah that one like no one's no one's going to say okay Nicholas that, that that was great um i, f- I feel like
1: you can it, do more f- yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> no no one's going no one's going to ask no one's going to critique that they're going to be like this is gold. This is not what I planned the film
1: to be, but this is yeah. gold. We might have, they might have asked him for more, but maybe they could have asked him for less.
0: I don't think they would. No. Because mm. if they did, then why would they put in that? Well, exactly. I, I mean. don't think it, I don't think that could have been more. And I think Nicolas Cage could have done more in that scene. Oh, no. Though, also, I wouldn't be too surprised if you told me it was a Shining situation. They filmed that scene 127 times. And that was just him yeah. at like <laughs> utter breaking point. Yeah. Wow. <laughs>
1: I'm here for that. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, do you want to actually do a plot summary then? Sure. I mean, you didn't really tell me what you thought about it. You just kind of said that Nicolas Cage was crazy. Which, oh, um,
0: I, I, I varied. I will be honest. I started watching it and then stopped 15 minutes in and then carried on the next day because my god, it starts slow and boring. It takes its time to build up. Yeah. It but... really does. And I was, I mean, I wasn't in the right mood to watch it. Like, we've come off of a, a a run
1: of kind of boring John choices. You know, your concept of boredom <laughs> has become quite controversial on our Twitter page. <laughs> People are outraged that you found Dracula boring. Oh, wow. People are like, how can that film be considered boring? It's Gary Oldman at, like, 11. And, like, you know, that's I've always said your opinion is absolutely valid, but, mm-hmm. like, I think you have a low threshold for boredom. Mm-hmm. It's like, if there's not an explosion in the first 10 minutes, you're like, I'm bored. It's not about explosions, though, <laughs> or some, I don't know. What is it, then? Because I, I think... Yes, this film takes its... It builds up a little bit, but mm-hmm. I don't think it takes a long time to get to the realisation that, oh, this film is crazy. Like, Nicolas Cage is having sex fully clothed in the first ten minutes. Yeah, I mean, there's weirdness like that. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And, like... The accent, you hear that straight away. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I don't
0: those things don't sell a film for me. Okay, sure. Of just, like, oh, Nicolas Cage is... You know, he, he he's a little bit weird, there's some accent work going on, and there's a weird fake bat...
1: <laughs> um, stuff like that it isn't doesn't, doesn't quite still me on a film like I'm not in yet okay um, so crazy accent fully clothed sex and ridiculous fake bat. they mm-hmm. all happen in the first 10 minutes but mm-hmm. even then you were like I am out I am bored this is not going to work for me mm, yeah yeah okay I just know what you're expecting like how many films don't have you know I feel like that's a fair amount for the first well, 10 minutes at, at no point in that first
0: 10 or 15 minutes or whatever it was
1: did I laugh out loud? Okay. And this film is a comedy. It's... I was going to ask. I was going to ask you about that as well. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Like You've well, answered a question I've not yet asked. But sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, also from the cover, I was expecting something very different. That's fair. Yeah. If anyone's not seen the cover, like the promotional poster for this film, it really looks like it's going to be a rom com. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It just it, it didn't really catch me. Okay. And then I don't know. It did when he started getting crazy. Okay. Before that, like, he was just a normal guy. No- I would
1: strongly disagree. Normal guy with a job pulling girls? Nobody with that accent is a normal guy. <laughs> like, it it doesn't take long for him to go crazy, I don't think. Mm. I think the signs are there very early on. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The The accent immediately, like, got me. Because this was my first time watching this, too. Mm. Yeah, I, I knew that... It was considered like a bit of a so bad it's good kind of, you know, mm-hmm. and also that it was the meme, you know, the meme mm-hmm. of the, the, yeah, the meme yeah. we're talking about. You'll, you'll definitely have seen it. It's Nicolas Cage with his slick back eighties hair, just eyes could not be wider, crazy mm-hmm. eyebrows, just looking utterly insane. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's all I knew, and I don't know. I was very pleasantly surprised by this film, mm. and I actually think maybe this film was great. Yeah, me too. Like yeah, a genuinely I, good it, movie. I, I don't think it's so bad. It's good. No, me it's not. not like it's. I came ready to laugh at it and by the end I was like... I was laughing at a few... Oh, oh I was laughing out loud yeah. a lot. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But by the end I was like, that was a good movie. Yeah, and it leaves you thinking yeah. as
0: well. Yeah, right. exactly. It was interesting. Not, not much, but like, yeah. is, was he a vampire? Was he not a vampire? Let's just that through a little bit. Okay. He wasn't.
1: No, he, well, I was going to say, <laughs> <he> was, <laughs> I don't think there was any debate that he was not a vampire. I think that yeah. becomes... Fair. But I know what you mean. Well, like, I suppose it's... That's, what,
0: yeah, that's what the joke was played for at the end, in the end, wasn't it? Sure, yeah. But yeah, like it's definitely a film that when it gets me interested it holds it so once you got once it did grab interest. so when you watched it the second time it it,
1: it builds up yeah i I, I didn't
0: i didn't re-watch those first of course you didn't
1: your time is so precious yeah
0: (laughs) um yeah it was but yeah it was good it was it it, it was good when it got good and then it was really good and then it was even better
1: yeah i was thoroughly gripped not only did I think that this was an interesting concept for a film, like, it really felt arty. Mm -hmm. Like, it felt like an art film. Uh, It really reminded me of Ari Aster films, like, Hereditary and Midsommar. Like, Mm -hmm. it's that level of, like, they're not as silly as this is. Mm -hmm. Like, Toni Collette is... She's at 11 in Mm -hmm. Hereditary, but she's not at Nicolas Cage 15. Yeah. You know, she's not got a crazy accent, or, you know, she's not going as wild, but she's definitely doing a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's very, like, heightened. And it's like, yeah, that and Midsommar both have, like, you know, Midsommar the Bear and everything. You know, there's there's a level of silliness that doesn't necessarily take away from the more unsettling parts of it. Like, mm-hmm. it works together really well. Mm-hmm. And I thought this did that too. There were times when I was like, wow, I'm kind of slightly disturbed by this. Like, it's, it's working for me. Mm-hmm. But also, wow, Nicolas Cage is making some choices. Yeah. But I felt those choices were weirdly appropriate. Mm-hmm. I tried to imagine if somebody else was in this role. Mm-hmm. Obviously, nobody else does what Nicolas Cage does. But, like, if it was a more traditional, like, good actor let's say Robert De Niro was in this film or yeah. I'm trying to think or Brad Pierce he's never, someone who's around Nicolas Cage's age was doing a more like straightforward would it be as interesting I don't think it would be no, not I don't think it would work no. I think no. it might even seem sillier because well, he, he commits to the silliness Nicolas Cage commits to the yeah, so like, much to what it it's is it's
0: a current guy going insane yeah and you know we'll, we'll go from one level of insanity to a higher level of insanity exactly yeah yeah and so you need an actor
1: who can do insane and, and... who else who are you going to call <laughs> <laughs> yeah Pretty much. Who else but Nicholas Cage? Yeah. Would you
0: say that anybody who played the Joker could have played this?
1: Hmm. That did cross my mind too. It's not a million million miles away. I mean, I could see Joaquin Phoenix doing a version of this. Actually, mm. maybe if anyone like, or even Heath Ledger, yeah, if he yeah. was still alive, like Jack Nicholson, that would be much more campy. I think. Yeah, I, f- I think Jack Nicholson. It's he... a fine distinction, but I think <clears throat> Jack Nicholson is capable of doing these very big... Well, he, no, he can definitely do the insanity stuff. He can, can definitely he? do insanity Absolutely, of course he can. <laughs> yeah. But there's an element with him where it's like he's laughing with you. He's like... Mm-hmm. Whereas Nicolas Cage is just shooting for the moon. Mm-hmm. You know, he just goes to this level, but I think he's... I think he's still creating a character in a way, if that makes sense. It's yeah. not just relying on being charming. Even the accent, which was insane <laughs> and so funny in places, like his mm. pronunciations and his line readings were nutty, but... <laughs> I kind of bought into it, like, that he's just this weird, rich arsehole who is putting on an affected voice. Like, that's not how he's... I don't think that's how he's supposed to naturally speak, Mm. because that's not an accent that is recognisable. No. I couldn't figure out what it was even supposed to be. I don't know. It sounded to me like a mix between Donald Trump (laughs) and Ben Stiller as Zoolander. Mm-hmm. have you ever seen the Zoolander movies mm, no I've not but you, have you ever seen clips like, yeah I've seen clips you know what I mean like yeah. that kind of cadence like mm-hmm. that, that's the kind of style of the voice he's doing so <laughs> yeah it's a truly remarkable performance I oh, like how intense it gets more at the end yeah <laughs> when he's
0: you know asking people to kill him or whatever yeah and he's just gone full on like Dracula accent
1: yeah yeah exactly it, get, it it, it goes in and out like mm-hmm. it. it goes to like highs and lows and that's that's what makes it funny and that's what makes it also obvious that it's not the character's natural speaking voice mm-hmm. like yeah
2: it's horrible when there are tensions between employer and employee, Alva. Sometimes the pressures, you know, they just build up. Wait till you get into a position of authority. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if I, if I ever do... You will, Alva. You're a very bright girl. That's how I know that today, by God, is the day you're gonna find that damned Heatherton contract. I thought you said that you didn't care if uh, Mr. Heatherton left the agency. I mean, I thought you said that, that that everything took time. Ah, but Alva, that doesn't mean we're going to stop trying to do the best damn job we can. The work's not just going to go away, Alva. It never just goes away. That goddamn contract is somewhere in the goddamn fucking
1: file! So plot summary? Yeah, do it. So Vampire's Kiss, this came out in the late 80s, like 1988-ish, maybe? Mm-hmm, yeah. Around the same time, Nicolas Cage had just done Moonstruck with Cher, which obviously won a lot of Oscars, and uh, he he's a star at this point. He'd, he'd done... Um, what, else, what else would he be doing around this time? I'm trying to think. Oh, Peggy Sue got married. I know you've not seen that. We'll mm. do it one day. It's great. Um, so yeah, this is definitely... It's not like he's, a, some, he's some unknown. Because I think now... It's 2019, and, you know, Nicolas Cage has been a star for a long time. And people, like... Sometimes I think of Nicolas Cage in the way I think of, like, Johnny Depp. And, like, now when you watch him in a film, you expect him to be crazy. But Mm -hmm. it's almost like, well, that's just the Nicolas Cage shtick. He's crazy. It's interesting to me to see him this early in his career being just as crazy. Yeah. Like, this is just what he does, clearly. So, Nicolas Cage stars in this movie as a fairly stereotypical at first kind of rich 80s douche character like mm-hmm. he works for a literary agency he wears a lot of suits and he basically he's introduced he's, he's in therapy because mm. he sees in, his in a psychiatrist office seemingly they never really explain what he's in therapy for initially i mean clearly he's crazy but like oh, that's not immediately apparent yeah but it seems like he's got some issues with women and with intimacy like he can't he says that like he sleeps with women and then he immediately wants them to get out and all this kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I think the idea, I think the idea is, and it becomes more obvious as the film goes on, is that he's quite lonely and he's not very good at forging meaningful relationships. But he just yeah has lots of meaningless sex because he's rich and it's the eighties and he can. Mm. Uh, so yeah, we see him in the club. <clears throat> I was a little disappointed actually because this movie in many ways was very eighties. Disappointed by the lack of giant mobile phones. Yeah, I was same. really here for same. a giant mobile
0: phone. I was thinking, like, it's Wall Street. It's the 80s. Yeah. Was it Wall Street? Or whatever. He's
1: at a literary age. He's it, a businessman in New York in the 80s. It, Where's his giant mobile phone? Yeah. That's, like, twice the size of his head. Yeah. That was my one complaint. Mm-hmm. Only one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think my entire sequel
1: is just going to be that. You know what? It's going to be set inside a giant phone. Inside a giant phone. Yeah. Great. It's going to be a Pixar style. Yeah.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we see him out in the club one night. Um, one night, and he pulled... All the Pixar characters
0: are going more and more insane because as the years goes by, the walls are closing in on them. Mm. His phones are oh, the phone.
1: oh, that's good. Pitch that to Pixar. Mm. I was just thinking, imagine Inside Out, the emotion film, mm. but inside this guy's head.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, dear. That's uh, that's something, yeah. Yeah, so he, we, fa- we see him in the club one night and he pulls some woman, takes her back to his flat and uh, they start getting it on. Mm-hmm. Although, as with every single sex scene in this film, he never takes his shirt off. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's having sex with this woman and in the middle of the kind of getting it on, a bat flies into his apartment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Quite a giant bat. Quite a giant. It's and definitely o- a vampire bat. Uh, yeah, also clearly a fake bat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is another fun thing. On the DVD of this film, which I've not bought, but I managed to acquire the commentary for it. Mm-hmm. The commentary is the director and Nicolas Cage talking from like, it was recorded like 20 years later, obviously for this DVD, mm-hmm. talking about the making of the film. Apparently Nicolas Cage really wanted it to be a real bat. <laughs> and he was adamant about... He seemed like he was a nightmare on this film, to be honest. Mm, like, I'm sure. Re- you can imagine. And he actually sent his assistant out to try and capture a real bat <laughs> that they could then release into the flat. And then the only way the director was able to talk him out of it was to say, Nick, if a real bat bites you, you will probably die. <laughs> and he then consented to a fake bat. But, <laughs> but he was really keen on it being a real bat. But he lost that battle.
0: I mean, the bat is insane. He it is, but in the you know one. he's got a dinosaur skull collection?
1: Oh, I've read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he had to give one back because it belonged to Mongolia or something like that he is truly one of the great celebrities mm. like there's loads of celebrities who are like rich and drug addicted and just arseholes mm-hmm. is truly mad as a box of frogs mm. and I love that it's like the series I love Celine Dion mm-hmm. like some celebrities they're just insane in a very interesting way and yeah. he is truly insane <laughs> and I have a lot of time for him mm-hmm. More even more soft watching this. This really cemented my I would watch Nick Cage in pretty much anything and mm-hmm. this film really confirmed that for me. Yeah. Because I think last we've not done a lot of him. and the last one we did was Left Behind, which was flat boring. And even Knowing wasn't Oh sorry, Knowing was the flat one. No, Left Behind was. Well, Left Behind was Left Behind was bad. Was a really bad film, yeah. but he wasn't crazy. Yeah. It was like it was weirdly his most natural performance in his one of the silliest films he's ever done. Yeah. And then knowing was kind of flat and boring and he was kind of flat I mean it wasn't terrible, but right. Like, this is the first time, I think, on the podcast we, that we've got, like, the Nicolas Cage experience. Mm-hmm. And it really reminded me that, yeah, I'm always ready to watch this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, th- this bat flies into the bedroom. So, Nicolas Cage kind of sh- shoots the bat. Well, he doesn't shoot the bat out. He tries to shoot the bat out. doesn't work. And mm-hmm. then so him and the woman leave and go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I guess back to hers. I don't know. Yeah. And then we find out that... Is that when he goes back to therapy? It's a hard film to explain the plot because there's a lot and also not very much. Yeah. And it jumps around a bit, sort of. It's It does, yeah. And a lot of it's from his perspective, and it's kind of, is he a reliable narrator? What's mm. real? What's not? But mm-hmm. anyway, well, he, at a certain point, he's in therapy, and he confesses to the therapist that when this happened, he got very aroused by the vampire bat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, I was horny. <laughs> uh, and she's kind of like, well, you know, you were just having sex, so of course you were turned on. It's that That's probably not a weird thing. And he's like, no, you don't understand. I was having sex. Then she left and I went down and then the bat attacked and I was right back up again. It was... <laughs> he really painted a picture of like mm-hmm. the stages of his erection. It was like... <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so he's like, yeah, this weird situation made me very horny. Then we see him in another club or maybe the same club. I don't know. He pulls another woman played by Jennifer Beals. Mm-hmm. And while they're having sex, once again, he's fully clothed. Mm-hmm. It bothered me. Um, <laughs> but... While they're having sex, she transforms into a vampire like Mm -hmm. the teeth, everything, and she bites his neck. Mm -hmm. And then, so we see that happen, or do we? Because this (laughs) is when the film becomes quite vague, quite vague, yeah, in a way that I was interested in. Like, it was, yeah, it was really interesting. It was, it was, it didn't tell you exactly what was happening. So, he has this sexual experience, maybe gets bitten, maybe. But then the next day, he's like shaving himself and he cuts himself shaving Mm -hmm. and he's got these punch marks on his neck. Mm -hmm. But then he goes into the bedroom with a cup of tea, which he attempts to serve to nobody. Mm -hmm. To a completely empty bed. So it's like, it's very possible this woman was never here. Mm. Or maybe she was and she left. Basically, from this point on, his mental state starts to unravel very, very quickly. He starts to go insane. (laughs) A very important subplot that happens around this time as well is that so? He's working in his literary agency, and he starts basically torturing some poor, poor woman. This poor woman, Alva. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's like a Hispanic uh, secretary, basically. Yeah. He says later on she's at the lowest rung of the company, so I guess she's the newest and she's not very experienced. And so he tells her quite early on that he needs this file for a client mm-hmm. that's buried in the archives, and it's like a really big, disorganized archive that's like loads and loads of years and years worth of files. And they're not in the right order, so she's going to have to just go through every file till she finds this specific file, this contract that they need to find. And he gives her this job, and it takes her a long time to do it, and he just tortures her. <laughs> I cannot remember the last time I felt for a character in a film that we did, like I felt for poor Alva. This reminded me of, like, an
0: Orange is the New Black backstory. Mm, yeah, really very much so, yeah, I get that Didn't completely, it? yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, like, she mm-hmm. kills him and then goes to prison and then we pick up on her and yeah. that's her backstory. Mm. <laughs> she is Gloria Mendoza, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. yeah. I mean, what did you think of this plot line? Because it was quite something. Yeah, no, I thought it was really good. I was
0: hooked by it. Mm. Just because that's when he was getting most insane. Oh, yeah. Really? This is when was, we really start getting... Because then he's, he's really shouting at her and you feel for her because, like, she's got other stuff to do. and yeah. you know, She's it's... just
1: trying to live her goddamn life and he is yeah. just
0: piling this torment on her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just love bits like him walking into a room jumping on the
1: desk and just going Alba <laughs> Just like that. Yeah, so initially he just kind of is quite rude to her and is like look, you need to find this file." And she's like okay, I'll try my best. And then she can't find it on the first day and then he pretends to be on the phone with the clients and pretends Mm -hmm. like the client's really mad and just puts a lot of pressure on her Mm -hmm. and upsets her. And then he just keeps ramping it up and ramping it up, basically. And then it gets to a point where she's actively trying to avoid him. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's the scene you're talking about where he literally shouts to her and she's just at her desk trying to ignore him. And then he comes out, like, yeah, jumps on the desk, does a full, like, point Mm -hmm. and goes, there you are! (laughs) And then she reacts by literally running away. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Which I thought was really funny, like... Throughout this whole film, Alva both... She either massively overreacts or massively underreacts mm-hmm. to how he's behaving at different points. Mm-hmm. It's weird. So at this point, I would classify this as a slight overreaction. Mm. I mean, he's being weird. Yeah. But I would, I would think be like... Because it's a room full of people. Be like, well, what are you doing? Why are mm-hmm. you on the... There's do- something. You know? yeah, yeah. Or like, ask for a bit of support. Instead, she just full-on flees out of the room... And he chases her down the hallway. Well, I mean, she's just legit scared of it. She's terrified. Yeah, yeah. I, I get it. And I, like I said, I really, truly felt for this character. Mm. Truly. I mean, but she, she, He chases her into the ladies' bathroom. <laughs> and she just screams, I have a gun! <laughs> <laughs> yeah? That she just takes to work, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but...
0: And then there's another woman in the bathroom.
1: I love her reaction to all of this. <laughs> this woman, yeah. I want a whole movie about this old woman. <laughs> She's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Did you notice? So yeah, there's this old woman in the... doesn't really try and help at all. No, not at all, not even slightly. She's just like, what's he doing in the bathroom? Mm. And then she she walks off and she walks basically towards the camera. Yeah. <laughs> and she breaks the fourth wall. She fully is, looks is at the camera. Look the camera. She briefly glances at the camera and it's so funny.
2: There you are! What are you doing in here? I have a gun. If you hurt me, I'm going to use it.
1: What
0: the fuck is going on? Oh, I just love it. (laughs) It's good because he he walks in before he jumps on the desk. He walks in so normally. Yeah. Like, you know, he's got a bit of pace to him, but he's just walking like a completely normal person, and he just jumps upon it That definitely wasn't planned. The camera wasn't ready for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nothing. Like, he jumps out of frame a little bit. It's Yeah.
1: yeah. Now, that's the other thing. There's a lot of stories in the commentary track about how Nicolas Cage was being a nightmare, and, like, the scene later on when he's running and he's screaming, I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! Yeah. Which, of course, we're going to talk about. But apparently he was running so quickly that the camera couldn't keep up with him, and it looked bad. <laughs> so the director was like, can you maybe run a little slower? Because you know, mm. we're not really catching it. And he's mm-hmm. like, sorry, no. It's the only way I can do it. (laughs) He was being an, And the director got his revenge, which I'll tell you about when we get to the relevant scene. But he did get his revenge on Nicolas Cage Mm -hmm. in a way that I found very funny. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so, yeah, he's just tormenting. Poor, poor Alva. Like, you wouldn't believe. Obviously, he's going insane over the course of this movie. Do you think this is new behavior for this character? Because a lot of the people in the office seem to be like, oh, he's quite eccentric. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe, was was he always like this, do you think, or...? No, no. Do you think I thought, this is this I is his this is insanity? This is, this is new, yeah. Because there's a scene afterwards. Because I was thinking throughout this whole bullying plotline, I was like, why does not she just go to HR? Yeah, me too. Just tell someone. But then apparently she does. Because mm. there's a scene where he's sat with all the like the other like '80s fat cats and the meet- mm. all, all the all the men. Oh, yeah. And they're just laughing at her. Mm. It's like, <laughs> like they just find the whole thing hysterically funny. Mm. And they're like, yeah, you know, she does keep a gun though. What a what a weird lady. But like, not like we should deal with this. This is clearly a red flag. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh god, women one of the bosses says, oh, you know, she asked me for a raise. (laughs) It's like, God damn right, she did. (laughs) But then there's also this fantastic scene when he's at the therapists again. His therapist is like this middle-aged lady where he's describing this situation. He says he says like, "Oh, I had a very, I had a very bad day at work today. It was very stressful because uh, I asked my secretary to find this file and this file she can't find it and mm. it's really stressing me out or something." And then the psychiatrist is like, "Well, you know, maybe the file was just put in the wrong place. Maybe it was misfiled. You know, so maybe she's never going to find it." Mm. And then, and then we get one of the greatest cage rants in the film. I think, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when he just leaps onto the sofa again, like you said. Almost certainly not in the script. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and recites the alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He doesn't recite it, he screams things it. at the top of his lungs. Yeah. yeah.
2: How could somebody misfile something? What could be easier? It's all alphabetical. You just put it in the right file, according to alphabetical order. You know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, Hater. H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Hater. Q, R, S, T, U, H- V, W, X, Y, Z! H- H- huh? That's all you have to do! Very good. You know your alphabet. I didn't even anything! Not once, not one time!
1: I'm sure that you did. It's again, it's what he does with his hands. Mm -hmm. It's such a full bodied performance. Like, it's like A, B, C, D.
0: (laughs) Like, like, the end of it, he looks overjoyed, like, genuinely, deeply happy Mm. that she's a bad psychiatrist.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is she a bad psychiatrist?
0: Yes. Oh, you you yes. do think so, okay. Look, they've clearly been having sessions for a while. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's got anywhere. Look at him.
1: That man <laughs> is legit insane. Oh, okay. In terms of, like, making him better, no, she's not helping at the, all. The,
0: yeah. the, the fact that he goes on to rape somebody and kill multiple people, mm. it's not a surprise. Okay, like like that's like she should already be on the phone to the place.
1: Very fair, very fair. Yeah, she's not, she's certainly not picking up on a lot of it. I think she does well to maintain her composure though. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like when he does the whole rant and then she's like, yes, you certainly do know your alphabet. Because it is, he's acting like a child, and she's like... Yeah, completely. She's totally in, like, calm down the tantruming child mode. Mm-hmm. And then we get another great rant, which is the the, the meme itself then shows. Mm-hmm. So once again, this is part of the same plot line with the missing contract. He calls poor Alvary in again. It's been, like, three days now. She hasn't found this file. Mm. And she wants to go home. It's the end of the day. She's tired. And he gives her this whole dressing down about how she's the lowest of them Because she says, you know, okay, it's been three days. I've not found the file. Maybe, you know, you need to bring someone else on to help me. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe if two people are looking for it. Maybe yeah. we'll find it faster. Yeah, and then he just fully calls a bluff and is like, "No, I'm, I couldn't possibly give anyone else this job because this is a horrible job. Mm-hmm. You're the only person who is was so low in my estimation <laughs> that you get you have to do this job." Yeah, but throughout this speech, he's well, he's just doing the face, and it's.
0: I thought I always thought that that meme came from just like him between poses or something. Oh, or, like or, just or, a crazy or, face, or like, like. he's mid-sentence, or sure. you know something that maybe is a bit crazy, you know, intentionally, but the face itself was just kind of a.
1: Like a small thing.
0: I didn't think he was going to be pulling that face
1: for the entire scene. <laughs> I think it's because he's like very deliberately not blinking. So he just opens mm. his eyes. You know, if you ever tried to not blink? You just open your eyes super wide and you do mm-hmm. look kind of crazy. Yeah. And he's doing that, but he's also like pulling his teeth back. And he's mm-hmm. got his hair like obviously very slicked back. to the 80s. Mm-hmm. It's like his entire face is just pulled backwards. And it just... Well, you've all seen the movie. It just looks truly insane. Yeah. But yeah, that's you're right. It, it, it's the look that he has on his face for a solid minute of dialogue. It's not a moment. It's not mm. a flash. And that's another thing I found about this film, is that, you know, sometimes there'll be films with, like, famous bad moments, or famous, like, iconic moments, and you'll watch the film, and you'll get to that moment, and you'll be like, oh yeah, there it is. Mm. But the rest of this film was quite boring. Mm-hmm. This film, I was really pleasantly surprised that pretty it, much yeah. all the film is pitched at that level.
0: Because I was expecting that scene to be right at the end. Yeah. and that, like, that was the climax. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And when it happened, uh, I was like, oh, better put my golf down. He um, did. Stop yeah. watching golf on your when you're watching Play, these films. Playing, Stop playing golf playing when you're watching golf. our films. Yeah, like it really took me by surprise. I didn't yeah. see it coming. Didn't expect it. And then
1: yeah, like the film keeps that energy. Yeah, it ramps up so well. Like mm. the tone of the film really matches that throughout. It's really, it's, it's genuinely well done. I think. So, mm-hmm.
2: well, I was, I was also thinking today that maybe you could put somebody else on the job for a while, or uh, another secretary to help me out. I mean, you know, to make the job easier. Alva. There is no one else in this entire office that I could possibly ask to share such a horrible job. You're the lowest on the totem pole here, Alva. The lowest. Do you realize that? Every other secretary who's been here has been here longer than you, Alva. Everyone. And even if there was someone here who was here just one day longer than you, I still wouldn't ask that person to partake in such a miserable job as long as you were around. That's right, Alva. It's a horrible, horrible job. Sifting through old contract after old contract. I couldn't think of a more horrible job if I wanted to. And you have to do it. You have to, or I'll fire you. Do you
1: understand? Do you? Oh, yeah, that's the other thing he says in this scene. Sorry to go back. Because he brings her in to apologise for the toilet scene. Mm -hmm. Well, he pretends to apologise. Because one of the ways in which he bullies her is he keeps, like, playing hot and cold. Mm. Like, he'll be super aggressive towards her. And then he'll, like, be a bit nicer. And then lull her into a false sense of security. And then just turn it around to be horrible again. So in this scene, he brings her in and he's like, I'm so sorry about the other night. Mescaline, eh? What a drug. I won't do that again. (laughs) (laughs) And then she's, again, like, this is what I mean about her being either, like, overreacting slightly or underreacting and in this one she's like oh yeah I did mescaline once hmm. he, j- he just basically oh yeah I was doing mescaline at work and that's why I freaked out and chased you into the bathroom and she's like I guess that makes sense
0: and then there's that time where he goes to her house and starts peeking in through her
1: window oh so yeah I was about to come yeah, to that scene like, yeah.
0: like she's ironing her shirt so she's not wearing it like she's <laughs> just there in her bra yeah um, and he's peeking through the windows at her
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that was what I was going to say. So she, understandably, after all this abuse, she becomes very, like, a nervous wreck, basically. Mm. And she becomes too stressed out to go to work. So she, oh, yeah, she's pulling a sticky, isn't she? She's calling in sick, yeah. Mm. And so he goes to her house. Mm. And, like you said, peers in through the window. And she's not sick. She's ironing her clothes in mm. her bra. He turns up at the door, and initially she's quite scared. And then he's like, oh, it's okay. I brought soup. And then she's kind of like, okay, come in then. Yeah. So this crazy person who, like, days before, she was threatening to shoot because she was so scared <laughs> of. And now she's like, well, I guess you're okay. You brought soup. Come on in." Mm. And then he, like, talks her into going to work. And again, he does the same kind of presto changer. They're in the taxi. Mm-hmm. And then he turns around and starts abusing her again. Mm-hmm. So then she she pulls her, she asks them to pull over because she says she needs to go and drop something off at her brothers, who's like a mechanic or something. Yeah. And it sounds like her brother is the one who gave her the gun, but he doesn't have. she doesn't have real bullets. And she's at this point, wants real bullets because she's terrified of this guy. Mm-hmm. And the brother's like, no, I'm not going to give you real bullets. Mm. Sensible guy. Yeah. Because he says the gun is to sky sc- I think the gun is supposed to be like if you get mugged or something, just mm. pull the gun out, scare people. Yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah. So as this is going on, as this kind of bullying plotline is going on, while this is happening, Nicolas Cage is just becoming more and more and more unhinged. Mm-hmm. So he keeps seeing Jennifer Beals, the the vampire girl. She seems to be like haunting him. And it seems like they're in. Again, it's not clear whether they're like in a relationship, Well, they're not in a relationship, but like. There's lots of scenes in the, like, in the bedroom together, and it's like, oh, is this real? Is it a figment of his imagination? It's mm-hmm. never clear. Mm. But his behaviour really ramps up. So now he's like, he's wearing sunglasses indoors all the time because he can't stand the brightness. He freaks out when he sees a crucifix. He just kind of collapses on the floor and screams. <laughs> and uh, he eats a cockroach. He eats a live cockroach. Yeah. From his oven. And this is the bit I have mentioned earlier.
0: I mean, what... is that a thing that vampires do?
1: I don't think so. <laughs> no. I don't know. No, well, this... who knows? This wasn't in the script. Mm. And what, this is he some... ate a cockroach? No, yeah. And this was a Nicolas Cage idea. This was him saying, like, you know, what I should do? I should eat a live cockroach. Mm-hmm. And he actually does. He, Nick, he, Nicolas Cage. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a fake. It wasn't an effect. He just mm. ate a live cockroach. Yeah. yeah. Where, where, where does animal cruelty stand on insects? Oh, yeah, not good. Yeah, he got a lot of complaints. <laughs> okay. But then apparently he just said, well, if anyone who's complaining to me has never like sprayed a bottle of like Fly Killer or Raid at a cockroach, mm. then you know, come at me. You know. Yeah. No, we It's fair. Yeah, yeah. Basically, he insisted on eating a that live... It depends. Did he hunt down the animal? I mean, they must have had a... Co- yeah, they can't just been relying on the fact that a cockroach would appear at that moment. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah, because then it's not really pest control. No, it's point. not.
1: Yeah. Pest control is something, something else. I'm pretty sure he wouldn't get away with this today, or anyone would get away with this today, but it was the 80s. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so basically, this, it was very much on his insistence that he eats a live cockroach, mm. and so the director's like, fine, you can eat a live cockroach. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and he does it, and obviously because he is a human oh, being. Just
0: how, how the director gets him back?
1: Yes, because he did it. it apparently, it took him several takes to build up the nerve because it's gross. Would you it's... be able to eat live No, no, probably not. No,
0: but getting back in some way like <laughs> it wasn't a live cockroach; it was a fake all along, and it's full of hot
1: sauce or something like that. Not quite as elaborate as that. Basically, that's how I would do it. That's good. I, don't, I, think, I think the real director did okay. it better. Okay. So the director like watched him like really build himself up, and like you know finally he got the take where he ate the cockroach. And then he said to Nicolas Cage, I don't think we quite got it. Can you do it again? <laughs> so he made him eat a second live cockroach. Really? And then the, yeah, that made him do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it kind of, he trapped him in his own web because Nicolas Cage had been making all these crazy demands. Mm. And so the director just kind of like, yeah, mm. played him with his, his own game and made him eat a second live cockroach, but then used the first take. So, Great. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I liked that. and That was good. Because mm. um, it must be a nightmare. As much as this film was entertaining... The experience of working with Nicolas Cage <clears throat> must be an absolute living nightmare. <laughs> mm. Yeah, the man must be high, high especially machines. if you're a cockroach. I mean, as a cockroach, it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a that's a weird call where you're your cockroach agent. Like, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's basically a snuff movie. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, he's just going crazier and crazier, and he's becoming more and more convinced that he is in fact a vampire. Basically, mm. that's what he's the conclusion that he's, he's being drawn to. There's a scene where he's in the bathroom or somewhere. And he's looking into several mirrors. Mm. And he does have a reflection, mm-hmm. but he thinks he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was the bit where I worked out that, like, oh, he's not a vampire. I see. I mean, he's walking around in the daytime, so. Yeah, but, like,
0: it's building symptom by symptom.
1: I, okay, sure, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I know what you mean. At this point, you realise it's definitely in his own
0: head. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's what it took the sunglasses to be. Just, like, the sunlight's getting more intense for him. Yeah. Not like it suddenly burns him to a crisp.
1: Fair, yeah, ab- absolutely fair. Yeah. No, you're right. This is the point where it becomes clear that this is all a mental health thing rather than a, mm-hmm. a, a vampire thing. Mm-hmm. So then Alva finally finds the contract, and I was briefly so happy for her. Mm-hmm. Like, again, gen- <clears throat> like, genuinely, I was like, oh, fine. God, like, I was really invested in her finding this contract yeah. because it was so... I mean,
0: then I, I was like, I, I don't know what she should do first. Like, go to the photocopier yeah. and do that. But mm. maybe just give it straight to Nicholas Cage. I don't know, because he's clearly insane right now, and now is not a good time. Mm. But put it in the photocopier, like, shit might go down, and the photocopier might break and burn up or something. And mm. Oh, yeah, get a
1: second copy, just in case, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she gives it to him, and he, it's, they're alone in the office. It's the middle of the night. She's working late, as he made her do. And he's... Like, well, it's too late now. It's too late. Sorry, mm. Alva, it's too late. And he basically attacks her again. She goes, once again, he chases her through the office. Mm-hmm. They go running down into the the car park, maybe? I think so, yeah. The parking lot, whatever mm. you call that thing. Yeah, so she's pointing the gun at him, and he's like, do it, shoot me, shoot me, shoot me. And mm. she can't. She, she obviously doesn't want to shoot a person. Mm-hmm. He attacks her, and I guess does rape her? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we don't see it. Mm. Until the end when he says, oh, I, buy her, I raped a girl. Then I was, oh, mm. I guess he did, because I didn't. It didn't feel like what he was doing was sexual. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't mean that in an excusive way. I mean, like, he, the way he was treating her, for, to me, it didn't seem like he was, se- it was a sexual thing. It felt like he was just bullying her mm-hmm. and taking pleasure in making her suffer. Mm-hmm. So, but because I mean, they didn't show the rape scene. And I'm not saying I would have wanted to see a rape scene, obviously. But like, yeah, it wasn't clear to me until the end when I guess that must, he must have done. But anyways, so he attacks her. She passes out um, and he's sat there. Kind of quite unhinged and quite upset, he takes the gun that she's got full of blanks mm-hmm. and shoots himself in the mouth several times. Mm-hmm. But because they're blanks, he survives mm-hmm. and nothing happens. Yeah. Now in real life, if you shoot yourself in the face with blanks, you're probably still going to kill yourself, or at yeah. least fuck yourself up really badly. But <laughs> yeah. In the world of that's this, what, mo- that's what I thought. Yeah, but in the world of this movie, no, it's fine. Which I get, I get. I, you know the point in the movie is that this, you know, just adds to his delusion that he's immortal and that he's a vampire. Mm-hmm. Basically. So this is when he really becomes convinced mm. that he's a vampire. Yeah. Cut to the next shot of him running through the streets literally just screaming. I'm
2: a vampire! I'm 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 a vampire!
1: Yeah, absolutely insane! Fantastic. For this is when we reach the peak that mm-hmm. this movie builds to this delightful peak of insanity. Mm-hmm. He goes back to his flat and turns his sofa into a coffin. Mm-hmm. He's got like a black sofa, just like leather, and he just kind of turns it upside down and sleeps under it. Mm. He goes and buys some uh, some false teeth. Yeah, that was a thing. I don't really know what's going on there. <laughs> well, this is the thing that I didn't understand. So he. Gen- it seems like he genuinely believes he's a vampire, right? Yes, but I think that a subconscious part of him has
0: enough control to just be like, "Well, they need to go and get some teeth."
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. Because if he's buying, he's going into a store and buying plastic vampire teeth, mm. then on some level he knows he's not a vampire, right? Mm. Yeah. Or like, so yeah, maybe it's just that he know he-, he feels like he needs the teeth, and maybe his hasn't come in yet. So mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, he buys these t- teeth. He eats a pigeon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Thankfully, we don't see the full eating, so Nicolas Cage presumably did not eat a pigeon. <laughs> Although I wouldn't be surprised to hear that he did, but I think, thankfully, they didn't go quite that far. But we see him, like, pick up the pigeon. So another part of the commentary that really made me laugh was that Nicolas Cage is like, oh, yeah, I caught the I, I really did catch that pigeon there, didn't I? Mm. And the director's like, and this is, like, 20 years later, bear in mind, he's like, no, we drugged the pigeon. <laughs> we sedated the pigeon so you could catch it. You didn't think you actually caught a live pigeon, did you? <laughs> And Nicolas Cage is truly stu- stunned, like <laughs> great. <laughs> he's clearly been telling that story for twenty
0: years. The, enough that he's yeah, changed
1: his memory, absolutely. Yeah, like, maybe, he, maybe he didn't know at the time that would sedated the pigeon because I am sure on the set they were just like, "Yeah, Nick, you caught it." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he goes to uh, so he goes to a nightclub as well, wearing these ludicrous false teeth. Mm-hmm. Whereupon he finds a woman who's like alone in a back room somewhere doing cocaine on her own. Yeah, yeah. And he, yeah, he he bites her, basically. And uh, this is the first actual murder I think we see in the film. I think so, yeah. Maybe the only murder. the only, yeah. I think the only actual person he kills. She's, like, doing cocaine on her own, and he comes up to her, and she's like, oh, crazy. She's obviously off her tits, anyway. Mm. And it's like, "Oh, oh, you're a crazy person with false teeth. Oh, that's funny. And then he, like, goes to bite her, and then she screams, and they struggle. I mean, it was weird. I don't know how he killed her.
0: Well, I guess he just probably bit really hard into her neck. Mm. and just opened up her artery.
1: But she's not, like, covered in blood. Did he drink it all?
0: I don't... I, I feel like it'd take know, a long maybe. time
1: to die if, if that's... If I was to come over right now and bite you on the neck, mm-hmm. so much that like, I punctured your neck, mm-hmm. and you were bleeding out, you wouldn't, like, drop dead.
0: No. It would no, take a right. while. Yeah. Don't know. Yeah. Maybe a combination of that and the drugs. Maybe,
1: yeah. Maybe she overdosed. Maybe she passed out from fear. Mm. Who knows? I did like the shot, though... Of it's kind of darkly funny. So she's dead, and we see him like drop the body, and then he like puts the false teeth back in Mm -hmm. because it's like obviously he's not gonna be able to bite through her neck with cheap $3 plastic, Mm -hmm, no matter how hard he bites. So he's obviously had to take his false teeth out, bite with his real teeth, Mm -hmm. and then he's like, oh, better put these back in for appearances. Like, yeah, (laughs) it's just so bizarre because he looks kind of embarrassed as he's doing it. It's just, it's so wonderfully bizarre, so Mm -hmm. odd. And then, he, so then he's leaving the club. He leaves the corpse, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he runs into Jennifer Beals, the vampire lady. And this is when the f- film really kicks in. Like, oh, okay, this has all been in his mind. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. Because she just turns out to be some woman who met him that one time in the club. And, like, she doesn't recognize him. And she's like, Who's, wh- you're a weirdo. Mm-hmm. And then he has a massive freak out. Calls her the C word. Mm-hmm. is booted out of the club. Mm-hmm. But guess no one's found the body yet. Nope, I mean, Don't think so. You'd think some, if at the same time someone's been, oh my God, there's a dead body in the back room. Also, crazy guy with false teeth in the front. Covered in blood. The, covered in blood, throwing the C word out left, right and centre. Yeah. Connections. But yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not so much. But really, at this point, he has had a full, complete mental break. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he's obviously been insane for most of the movie. He's just an utterly broken person at this point. He's wandering the streets in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. He phones up his therapist again. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I need an appointment right away. And she's like... Um, well, I can see you on Tuesday. Sooner. Monday morning. Sooner. <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> I also liked the little random unnecessary detail that the therapist had like a really hot younger guy. Oh, Do yeah, you notice know, like, that? Yeah. Just out of nowhere. Because she's, she's like, looks like she's in her 50s maybe. And she's on the phone... And then just out nowhere, there there's some buff twenty-looking guy with a towel around his racist just comes out. I was like, "Hey, baby, what's going on?" Like, yeah. And it doesn't add to anything. No, it's no. just like, oh, by the way, she's banging a guy twenty years her senior. Yeah, junior. good for you, therapist. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's wandering through New York, fully insane. Oh, he's, he, he grabs a steak. Mm. He grabs like a bit, a bit of wood, and like. Pulls yeah, just a piece of wood off a pallet. Yeah. And he's just approaching random <clears throat> passers by and being like, I'm a vampire, please stake me, please kill me. Mm-hmm. Like he's very upset. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously this is ludicrous, but also I did start to think like we've all walked past, you know, when you're walking through the streets and someone legitimately crazy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as much as Nicolas Cage was like overacting a lot in this film, mm-hmm. I felt like he did reach at this point I was like, I've seen people uh, not obviously saying they're a vampire, please state me. But at this level of distress, you know, mm. when you when you you know, when you, sometimes you walk past people in the street who are truly mentally dis- who are truly disturbed and are really you know, I was like, this is actually capturing something that's has a, just a tiny bit of reality to it. Do you know what, mm-hmm. I, do, do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah I did. it was really interesting. Like, I was like, wow. So this is like maybe this is just a film about how people have complete... Well, not how, because he's not really explaining it anyway, but, you Mm -hmm. know, about a person having a complete mental breakdown Mm -hmm. and getting to this point where he's just utterly, utterly insane. Mm -hmm. So he's wandering through New York with his stake, and he's screaming and crying and asking people to stake him. And then he just kind of stops and has a full fantasy scene Mm -hmm. where he's... You've got crazy Nick Cage with blood all over his mouth. Mm He's massively unkempt. His clothes are all hanging off him. His hair is a mess. And he's literally just staring at a wall. Mm-hmm. This scene was amazing. <laughs> yeah, um, but he's having a fantasy session with his therapist, and mm. in the fantasy, he's in the therapist's office, and he's got his hair slit back. He's dressed. Really, he's, mm-hmm. He looks better.
0: Still, still had the stake though, I think.
1: I think he, yeah, he's still carrying the stake. Yeah, it's yeah. just he's flipping in his mind between yeah, yeah reality and fantasy. I mean, this is maybe the craziest scene in the whole film. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, it probably is. They start talking about how he can't find anyone to connect with, how he's he never found anyone to love, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And she just says, "Oh, you know, actually, the patient who comes in after you, perfect for you." Like there's this whole fantasy, <laughs> it's this whole fantasy sequence yeah. about, oh, by the way, the person you is who's going to love you is perfect for you. She's been around the corner the whole time. Come on in, Sharon. Mm. Mm. And this, so this random woman, comes this random pretty woman comes in. And it's like, oh. And she's like, I like long walks in the park and unicorns and literature. <laughs> and, and he's like, they're all my favourite things too. Mm. And it's like, oh, we're in love. Great. And it's this whole ridiculous fantasy. <laughs> but then he t- and then he turns around to the therapist and he's like, oh, I should probably mention that I did rape a girl the other night. Mm. Also, I killed a girl in the club. I'm a vampire. It's a long story. Yeah. <laughs> And the therapist. Obviously, it's not the real therapist at this point. It's his fantasy. But the therapist, the speech she gives is so insane. It's like people get murdered every day. You big lug, just go on your day, I'll yeah. handle the police. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you two have a wonderful time. It's really, it's really good. Right? Yeah.
2: Just spit it out, Peter. Well, the fact is I did murder someone last night. I turned into a vampire. It's a long story. Goodness. Peter, 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 people get murdered every day in this city. Do you think the world is going to stop? Yeah, I guess, but the police and everything, what if they find me? Would you stop worrying and just get on with your big romance? He hasn't even been arrested and the big lug is carrying on. Now just get out of here the both of you have a wonderful life together and I will take care of the cops. Go on, get out! Both of you!
1: Out! 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 He's walking around the city obviously now thinking he's with this woman who doesn't exist. He's just fully talking to himself Mm -hmm. and then he gets into an argument with her I guess because he's troubled and he's, he's screaming abuse at this non-existent person he goes into his flat which is just a full mess at this point meanwhile alva her brother her, they're driving they're watching the flat because obviously she's told him that i guess that he that she's been raped yeah so he's waiting to get this guy so the alva's brother breaks into the apartment and this is the end of the film comes in finds nicholas cage underneath the sofa in his makeshift coffin holding mm-hmm. the stake being like please please kill me alva's brother in a rage pushes the stake into his chest Mm. Nicolas Cage dies Mm -hmm. his last image is of the Jennifer Beals vampire and uh, yeah then he dies yeah Mm. a strange haunting ending it really is and also Mm. pretty, pretty rough way to go Oh, yeah, stabbed with a, like, rusty block of wood, yeah. Well, a splintery block rusty of wood. Rusty block yeah. of wood? Sorry, a splintery <laughs> yeah. block. You know, like, a, just a rough hewn block of wood It just yeah, directly like, to the it's chest. Yeah, it's not like the stakes out of Buffy that would... No, like, not. it's not even gone through his heart. It's just pierced his, like, rib cage and mm. like, yeah. Yeah, it's not a very painful way to go, but... Yeah. yeah.
0: Also, the guy didn't really put very much effort into pushing it in, and no. he would have had to have broken through, like, four or five ribs and maybe a sternum.
1: Yeah, and presumably a layer of muscle as well, and I don't know how mm. your body and that, but, you know, like... Yeah. There's a lot there's a lot of different stuff to get through like, yeah. Yeah. With
0: I, something that's not that sharp.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's that's it was fairly it seemed like it was fairly blunt. Mm. Yeah. But I mean, it, I was a little disappointed that Alva wasn't the one to kill him. Yeah. Cuz it felt like the brothers only in like two scenes. Mm. Whereas like they have this whole, you know, not relationship, I don't mean, but you know like he's Piles so much abuse on her through the whole film. Mm. It would have made more dramatic sense if maybe she'd been the one to have to finally finish him off. I think.
0: Yeah, definitely. It
1: was a bit underwhelming mm. that the brother did it.
0: Yeah, there was not a lot of reason for
1: it either. No, I don't know why they made that choice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Well, anyway, yeah. But on the whole, but on the whole, yeah, good run. Real interesting. Oh, well, I'm glad you enjoyed mm. it. Yeah, I thought you'd be hard pressed to not at least find it interesting. I was like, yeah. if you come to me and say this one bored me, this is this was really boring, I'm going <laughs> to quit the podcast because what what. This is the opposite of boring. Right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Cool, is that that? That's the plot, yeah. All any right. any questions? Games? But,
0: uh, yeah, should we go to drinking games? Yeah. Cool. So, obviously, for the whole of this season, drink for blood.
1: Yeah, I, how much is there in this film? I suppose there's a little bit. There's a few bits, there's even if it's imaginary. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I guess he gets drained by, in his fantasy, about by the Jessica Beals mm-hmm. character, Jennifer Beals. Yeah, when he gets stabbed, and yeah, no, no, there's a fair bit of blood, yeah. Mm. Around his mouth, lots around his mouth, yeah. yeah. Okay. Drink every time somebody says the name Alva. Oh God, <laughs> that would get you absolutely wasted. Mm-hmm. Just every time he shouts it. But if you throw in like her mom and her brother, and there's lots of yeah. Here's mm. is one name I definitely didn't forget. Like, mm, yeah, totally. Drink whenever Nicolas Cage does something that might have been off script. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like when he jumps and clearly the, he's not in frame anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Th- this this whole film is just Nicolas Cage given free reign, and I think it's probably quite telling that the guy who directed this film isn't someone who directed much else or much before. Like, this is kind of a, a weird little thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Because I feel like an experienced director like a Martin Scorsese or, a, you know, I don't know, Steven Spielberg would tone him down. Mm-hmm. I think this is a film where he just was able to just totally take control. And yeah. hence, I think for the better. I mean, like I said, I think his utterly insane performance is the only reason. Well, I think it's the reason to watch this film. Yeah. It's the absolute selling point. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, here's a good one. Drink every time Nicolas Cage pronounces a sound. (laughs) So when he laughs, Mm -hmm. he doesn't laugh the way human beings laugh. He just kind of says, ha ha. Mm. He's like, ha 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 ha. But the best one was when he rapes, this is not a good sentence, but the best one is when he, after he's raped Alva and he sits and he shoots himself in the face with the blanks Mm. and he starts crying, but... He doesn't cry. He just screams "boo hoo." (laughs) He just screams "boo hoo, boo hoo, boo hoo." It's naughty. I need to see. Go, go, go! Watch it. Go watch it. (laughs) Boo (laughs) hoo!
2: (laughs) Boo (laughs) hoo!
0: Okay. uh, Next one. I've got drink for intensity or crazy faces.
1: Well, I mean, that's kind of the whole movie, surely? He just waterfalling on?
0: Or... I mean, it's just bits and bobs.
1: Like when he opens his eyes super wide? Yeah, like? Stuff, stuff like that. When he screams?
0: Yeah. Okay, yeah. There's a lot of stuff like that. There's the bit where he jumps on the desk that I keep circling back to. Cause... Yeah, you seem pretty into that scene. Which... Yeah, it <laughs> it's me. a great scene. It yeah. just took, took me by surprise.
1: Uh, was that the moment that it turned for you? Definitely, was yeah. you're like, okay, now I'm in? Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, fair enough. Yeah. yeah, it's like, I need to put my golf away for this. Good.
1: Was After that, we. You... One more round. One more okay. <laughs> I did the same thing though because, like, well, not golf. I don't play the whatever this golf game is. But I, like, I was definitely like for the first twenty minutes, maybe like kind of fiddling with my phone, just you know, often. But as the film, it really truly drew me in. So after about halfway, I was like, I just put my phone down and just literally watched the film. Whoa! I mean, this is coming from John, you, that's crazy. I know, right? You just, you just watched it. I just watched the film. Yeah, no phone, no phone. Honestly, for the, the last hour of the wow. film, I was fully watching the film. Yeah. Wow! I know, crazy. That is old school. Mm -hmm, Yeah. This film took me there. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Drink for 80s synths. Go ahead. We haven't talked about the score for this film. The score is aggressively 80s. Yeah. Like, because I think the movie's obviously set in the 80s, because, I mean, the fashion is terrible. Mm -hmm. It's weird. Like, I mean, I I guess I don't know if it's like a deliberate... It must be a choice, but, like, the woman who plays Alva is... Strikingly beautiful, mm-hmm. a very beautiful lady, mm-hmm. but god, they put her in some hideous dresses. Mm. She's wearing these awful, like flannel, floral, big shoulder pads, just like shapeless, baggy. Yeah, So it's, it's a real achievement to make someone that pretty look that dowdy, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> it was when she was in, in the bra scene where she's not to sound perfect, but when she's like ironing, her, I was like, god mm. damn, she's really hot, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, but. Anyway, so the fashion's one thing, because we didn't have the giant mobile phones or all the things that I would hope for in an 80s movie, mm-hmm. but every other scene, suddenly they'll kick into these, like, do 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 do, 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 do real, like, 80s synth mm-hmm. sc- it was great. It all sounded like at any moment it could rock, it could, like, go into, like, rock me, i like, I'm a Deus, I'm a Deus, you know, all those, like, real, <laughs> it was that vibe, that, yeah. like, 80s German kind of sound. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Great, that's all I've got. Oh, okay, I have some more. Drink for strong extra work. Oh, yeah. One of my favourites, yeah. I know. See, there's no wig watch in this film, I don't think. I didn't notice... N- Nicolas Cage's hair is a mess, but I think it's his own. Mm. I don't feel like there's a lot of wig work. I don't clock any. No. But my other favourite after wig work is... I always, I loved, You know I love to watch for a, like, an extra. Mm. And there's some good ones. I pointed out to you earlier the, the dumping on the table scene when... Alva runs out and then he chases after her and just some random woman in the background just makes a face like, ooh, awkward. <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously, <laughs> if she counts as an extra fabulous old lady, uh, you, look, you know, looking at the camera and being like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> or my personal favourites, uh, when he's walking in and out of his apartment a couple of times at night, they're just randomly a couple of mimes having a fight. Yeah, what was that? <laughs> Even the director doesn't know. That came up in the commentary. He's like, I'll be honest, these mimes, I have no idea what I was thinking. I don't know what this means. Can't remember. I'm sure it meant, made sense to me at the time. <laughs> Which right. I, I appreciated the honesty. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, it's a great film for extra work because there's so much insanity going on. Like, I just like imagining being the extra who turned up that day. Like, you know, because mm-hmm. extras aren't necessarily actors. Mm. It's like, you know, you just, just, just react, just act normal, act mm-hmm. normal. And then Nicolas Cage is like full Nicholas Caging. Like,. <laughs> Great. Mm. See, I've got drink every time Nicolas Cage goes to 11, but he very seldom leaves 11, so I don't know if mm. that's really a drinking game. <laughs> um, well, drink whenever
0: he's lower than 11.
1: Oh, drink when he's
0: at any point naturalistic. Drink, drink when
1: he's being normal, yeah. Okay, that, that that's a hard one, yeah. <laughs> oh, drink every time he elongates a word. like yeah. unna- Like, unnaturally so. Like, the accent is ridiculous, but it's even more so because he says things like, uh, it's not just going to go away, or whatever it was. <laughs> oh. There's just lots of really funny moments of him just dragging out a word to the nth degree. Yes. It's fantastic. Oh, and drink every time Alva either overreacts or more often underreacts to a situation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And those be my drinking games. For bad decisions. Oh, and drink for sex scenes, obviously.
0: Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. That goes without saying. Yes. Um, yeah, alright, uh, that's that. So, before we get to our sequels, just want to let your listeners know that we're available on patreon.com. Mm-hmm. If you go there, uh, slash Beyond the Box Set, then you can support us for as much or little as you think we're worth. Mm-hmm. If you do that, you get a few bonuses from us as well. You get access to our exclusive Facebook group, mm-hmm. where we have,
1: uh, what do we have on there?
0: Where we've got posts about up- upcoming episodes before the public
1: get anything there. Yep, we also um, just have chats. It's just where, a place where our members, our patrons, can... Connect to each other and learn about each other and have discussions about films yeah. and life and whatever they want to. Just a nice little community.
0: It really is that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, where well, they can just talk about the films that we do, but no, there's a lot, lot more than that.
1: Yeah, definitely. A lot more going on. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, you get that. You also get a bonus show from us called Beyond Beyond the Boxer, where we, we review the films that we watch in the cinema. We have had quite a few come out recently. You had uh, Joker, Ad Astra. Uh, re- we're probably about to record Judy after recording this episode, mm-hmm. the Judy Garland film. Yep and then we're going to go and see Ready or Not after that. We're going to do El Camino soon. Oh yeah, there's, we do. There's, there's all sorts and you know the Oscar season is just starting so now is actually a really good time to get into this.
1: Yeah, yeah, we've got a lot of stuff coming up. Yeah.
0: Now is the time when you get some really really good films and then also you get Ready or Not. You get some really yeah. bad films <laughs> and you get
1: everything in between, yeah. Yeah.
0: This is this is a very exciting time of year for cinema yeah, releases. Yeah. And then also once a month if you are a Patreon you get to come on the main show mm-hmm. if, if you wish. Yeah, we pick one patron a month to come on. They can pick any film they want, provided we've not done it before. And yeah. You can come in, you can Skype in, you can not come in if that's if that's your wish and we'll do it for you anyway. It's up to you. You're the boss. And finally, uh also once a month every patron gets a thirty second advert slot on the main show. You can talk about anything you want. It can be your own podcast, your own business, whatever you whatever you feel like promoting, it's your time to shine. Mm-hmm. And shine they will Indeed, yeah, yeah. Bright like a diamond <laughs> <laughs> uh, All that is available at patreon.com Slash Boxer. Indeed Hi, I'm Lee And I host Connected Hearts A Kingdom Hearts fan community podcast Each episode A guest and I talk about the game series And the fantastic community surrounding it From artists To streamers Cosplayers and podcasters We talk about how a dog A duck And a boy in silly shorts Teaches
1: us that our friends are our power.
0: You can find the show on iTunes or grab the RSS feed from Twitter for the podcatcher of your choice at Podcast Hearts. And hey, may your heart be your guiding key. Okay, so I've got a bit of an idea here. Okay, um, which just I'm, a touch. Just yeah, a I'm, I'm going to need to help with it in, in a bit, but I've got a bit of a, a bit of an intro.
1: Sure. It's called Vampires French Kiss. Vampires French. Oh, you're just making it sexier. Mm-hmm. Okay. Present day. Okay. Jennifer Beals
0: is out in a club. And pulls a guy that she has
1: been bat stalking for a while. Okay, so the, she is the. So in this world, she is a vampire. She is a vampire. Okay. She ta- Did you think in this in the original film? Did you think by the end of it, did you think that she had been a vampire, or did you think the whole thing was just his mental illness? All his mental illness. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah that was the impression I got too. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so she's been stalking him for a bit. He takes her back to his place, mm-hmm.
0: um, and they get down to it. And after a while, she bites his neck and drinks his blood.
1: To be expected, yeah.
0: Yeah. She gets up, he's unconscious, um, and she opens a window, jumps out, and we see her as a bat flying away towards the moon. Nice, okay. And that's that's the intro. And then we get the title, Vampire's French Kiss. Mm-hmm. We follow the guy for a short while. He's not in it for
1: long, so I don't really need to cast any. Oh, okay, in. fine. I was, gonna, I was about to ask for okay. sure.
0: Yeah. Well, who, who do you think could play
1: crazy, young... Does it do? have to be a Nick Cage-esque crazy person?
0: Kind of, yeah.
1: I mean, they're, they're going to go insane. How young are we talking? Oh, 20s. In their 20s. Mm. Nicholas Cage, not many people He's do, a one of a kind, he? is he? he, truly, like, one of the few one-offs. There are so mm. few people who do what he does. Yeah. I can't think of any young actors that, like... Because it's not General really... He's, he's, like, closer to 40 than 20. He must be over 40, maybe. Probably, yeah. Yeah. I never thought he was in his 20s. Your brief was 20s. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I mean, it doesn't really matter how old he is. Yeah. Could be Joaquin Phoenix. I mean, it's a, small, it's a small role, I mean
0: yeah i'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna go try letter I think okay and that man can play crazy quite well,
1: oh yeah, he has and he does yeah mm.
0: and he, he he looks good I could also mm. also see him as
1: a wall Street guy. Okay. I know he's done that before How as well. about Killian Murphy mm. he he can kind of be crazy can he I think so. I feel like he can, yeah, I don't know what's giving me that impression, but I kind of feel like he can,
0: okay sure well, it's Killian yeah. Murphy then it's mm-hmm. no problem he's he's only in it for one, one paragraph, sure great. <laughs> <laughs> So we follow the guy for a short while. He goes on the very, very similar mental journey to Nicolas Cage for a Mm -hmm. while, where he believes he's a vampire until he eventually finds a way to kill himself, which in this case, he takes a flight out to the middle of the desert, somewhere where there is no shade. He screams
1: himself to death and eventually dies. Screams himself to death? Is that a thing? But maybe he was just dehydrated. Sure. Okay. I see. Okay. So he dies in the desert and Mm -hmm. yeah. The sun kills him one way or another. Yeah. Okay, great. Interesting yeah. way to go. Just like a wooden stake through the heart. Yeah. Still kill you. Yeah, it's
0: true. Yeah. So, that's Jennifer Beals, uh, who has some other guy. He's stalking some other guy now. Okay. Um, still he's got, in New York. Still in New York, yeah. And uh, she's about to take him home and uh, have her way with him. But walking home through an alley at one point, some guy swings down off a fire escape, kicks her in the chest, knocking her to the ground. Um, he tells her date to get lost. Uh, Which the date does when he sees that Jennifer Beals has now got back up and is in full vampire mode, ready for a fight. Okay. Is this going to be a Buffy the Vampire Slayer thing? It it is a vampire slayer. Okay. There is a long choreographed fight, um, which stops when a man's hood falls down, revealing it to be Nicolas Cage, vampire hunter.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: So he survived and became a vampire slayer? Uh, Now, I've got... Two bits of script here. Okay. Um, one, one of which you can read, and then that's 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 all I've got so far. Okay. So I'm going to say, but Peter, how can you be here? You died thirty years ago.
1: So that you're Jessica So you're leaving me to play Nicolas Cage.
0: Yes. If you could do your best French accent,
1: that'd be great. Um, am I doing French? or Am I doing the? Nicolas you're doing French. C- okay. Oh, OS, okay. I see. it Okay. I am not Peter. I am Pierre. Peter's French twin brother. I am here to get revenge for my brother's soul. <laughs> yeah, very good. Thank
0: you. That's what I've got so far. Kay. I just... I I wanted to get Nicolas Cage back in it somehow. Okay. And I wasn't sure. Like, for a while, I was like, I want to keep it in the 80s because then I can just do a big sort of 80s world. But then, I don't know, that didn't really pan to anything. And I was like, how do I get Nicolas Cage back in that? Like, he was
1: his dad or something. Mm-hmm, right. Now... This guy, so Pierre is French. Yeah. Nicolas Cage in the original was whatever that was. Yeah. So are we saying that Nicolas Cage in the original was always masking a French accent? Or is Pierre putting on a, a crazy French maybe accent? Maybe he was. Okay.
0: Maybe he was, yeah.
1: Or, or maybe they were
0: just like separated at birth or something. Or... Okay,
1: interesting. And he's only recently discovered that he has a long lost twin brother. Yes. Who went nuts and died thinking he was a vampire. Yes.
0: That's a lot to unpack. Yes, and also Jessica Beals, Je- Jennifer Beals, who probably hates getting called Jessica. Yeah, she is a vampire of sorts. Okay. But when she bites somebody, it's not that she turns them into a vampire. She, just she drives just, them insane. She just makes them think that they've turned into a vampire. Interesting. Okay, that's
1: yeah, that's an interesting kind of that's an interesting power for a vampire to have. And mm. so you like just rather than giving them all the tools of vampirism, it's just literally driving them. Utterly insane.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, how would Nicholas Cage, as a vampire hunter, go down? What? We'll,
1: we'll just... Okay. So the the premise of this is Nicholas Cage vampire hunter. Yeah. So I'd
0: like to say that she gets away from this one instance in the alley. Sure. She just she, she um, runs away. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And he he doesn't catch her that night. And then we can't follow him for a little bit. So. Mm-hmm. Do
1: you, do you think, like, he has a job or a family or anything like that? I would like this to be part of the... I know you already had a preamble with uh, Jared Leto, mm. but maybe all of this is a build-up to the, this reveal. And then maybe most of the film is, like, an origin story of Pierre the Vampire Hunter. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we, okay, yeah. So, so then we jump back to the 80s. Then we jump something. back to the and then you've got your 80s uh, Nicolas Cage, but also French. Ah, uh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. a lot to work with. Yeah. Um. So then you get Nicolas Cage in the. Maybe like de aged through makeup and, you know, maybe a bit of CGI, who knows, depending on mm-hmm. what the budget is for this film. Mm-hmm. So he's like in his 20s in Paris, whatever. Mm-hmm. And does he fall in with a group of vampire slayers in Paris? Maybe. Maybe, maybe he has his own vampire encounter. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's, yeah, maybe he's targeted by another vampire, a French vampire, mm-hmm. played by Juliette Binoche or something, or. Sure. Oh, 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 oh.
0: Um Sophia Boutella. Is she French?
1: No, but she's she's
0: just everything. She's whatever a film needs her to be. She's been Egyptian, she's been Eastern European, she's been all sorts.
1: Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Sophia Boutella is a sexy Parisian vampire. I mm-hmm. like it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so maybe he in his twenties as a as a young young guy about Paris, gets attacked, gets targeted by this woman, but while his brother in America gets fully, like, you know, bitten and goes insane, Mm. maybe he's rescued by a group of strange vigilantes Mm -hmm. who, it turns out, are vampire hunters, professional Mm. vampire hunters, Yeah, and know exactly what these vampires do and how they're targeting people and driving them insane. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Okay. So what do you think he's been doing for the last 20 years? Training as a vampire hunter. Ah, it takes 20 years to get there. Okay. Well, just until, well, what brings him to New York? Mm. When does he find out he has a brother? Maybe that's the story we're getting at here. Yeah. So initially he just joins a vampire slaying crew. Mm-hmm. And then at a certain point he learns that his brother was killed. Mm. How is he going to find out about that? We well, don't know what kind of family any of them had. Mm. Maybe they had parents. Mm. Yeah, was he given up for adoption? I mean, we did, yeah, we didn't see any of Nicolas Cage's parents in the, in mm. the film. Maybe Pierre's, so in,
0: maybe Pierre's just been living in France for ages because he's just... Being an idol of it because his parents named him Pierre, even though he's American.
1: Oh, so he does know <laughs> that he's related to Peter.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it that way. And so, like, you know, Peter dies, and mm-hmm. they have a whole funeral for him, and he gets invited. And
1: oh, I see. so he just thinks his brother went nuts. Mm,
0: yeah. And oh, okay, that's but but, but then like maybe, um, Alva does some kind of a testimony, and she's she's saying that like yeah, he was basically a vampire, <laughs> like he or, or you know he, he, she she just gives all these different clues that are enough for Pierre to be like, he was a vampire. Or
1: yeah. Maybe, or maybe like a very specific kind of vampire where he just thinks he's a vampire, but he's not actually. Mm. And then he vows to get revenge, revenge um, <laughs> for his dead brother against the vampire. So then he mm. moves to New York and starts searching New York for mm. the vampire that killed his brother. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So maybe, okay, here's the thing. Maybe they were both, say so they're they are twin. They're biological twin brothers mm they know each other exists they were raised by the same parents Mm -hmm. and they were raised in like the American Midwest or something like in a really like nice little town they all have the same nice accent just a very soft American (laughs) accent and then basically the two brothers are just super pretentious Mm. so Peter went to New York and developed this weird Donald Trump Zoolander hybrid accent that Mm Nicolas Cage used Pierre went to study abroad for a few years and just came back with the most ludicrous over the top French accent (laughs) yeah and the, maybe the two brothers kind of lost touch over the years because they both maybe they didn't, didn't get on very well or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when he finds out that his brother has been murdered by a vampire, he vows revenge <laughs> and hence moves to New York and mm. spends the movie seeking out Jeff. So that can be the first half, and then spends the, the first half of the movie looking for Jennifer Beals. And then the second half, I guess, is going to be: Do you think she works alone, or is she part of a vampire kind of gang? Like, is the whole gang oh, of New yeah, York vampires?
0: I, yeah, I could, I could see, I could see there being a gang involved. Yeah. and like she's not even the top dog.
1: No, no, sure not. She's just
0: part of the mm. part of a crew. Mm. Maybe which then leads to the question: Who plays the top dog? Mm.
1: Is it Cher? Is it Cher? Is it John Travolta? Oh, okay, okay. I'm just thinking any any chance I, if, to get if, Travolta if, if, and yeah, Cage back together? Yeah, that's good.
0: I mean, in my head, I had just female vampires, but yeah. Mm.
1: I mean, Cher is. It, it's. Come, I'm sure she's come in a previous episodes. Yeah, she, she has. But yeah, I mean, let, she's, let, she's an obvious let's, pick. But yeah. Let's give Travolta a chance. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Said every movie studio ever <laughs> at some point in the past fifty years. Let's give Travolta a chance. Yeah. Yeah, I know I like this. So yeah, he could, I like him. The idea of him camping it up as like an, he's like the master from Buffer, you know, he's like mm-hmm. the oldie, you know, because that that could probably excuse his you know mm-hmm. plastic surgeries and stuff. You know? <laughs> he's he's like the, the head New York vampire, mm-hmm. uh, and Jennifer Beals is one of his acolytes. Yeah, that totally works. Yeah, maybe it's like.
0: Um... Oh, so maybe he does kill Jennifer <clears throat> Beals in that scene then, at the at the start. Maybe, so, or so, maybe he so, so, her. so like we get the flashback and then yeah. we cut back to to present day, mm-hmm. and he like he he's he's got the drop on Jennifer Beals and like he's got a state just ready to pump into her chest. Sure. And she's like, "Well, even if you get me, I'm nothing."
1: And yeah, like, you you have no idea what's coming. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Mm. And then because he's killed one of. John Travolta's favourites maybe John Travolta's wife wife yeah his vampire bride that would Mm. make sense yeah Uh, they have been married for hundreds of years yeah he swears revenge Mm. or just revenge he's not French Um, (laughs) (laughs) he swears revenge and uh, yeah and then it's so then the whole movie is John Travolta versus Mm. Nicolas Cage Mm -hmm. and it's just like face off Mm -hmm. they're back fighting you know they're they're on opposite sides again and yeah we've reunited them but not as allies as enemies yes yes
0: and then twist halfway through, this is also a sequel to Face-Off. I, I've not seen Face-Off. Do, gonna do, 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 they we're, both, do they both make it through?
1: I don't want to spoil Face-Off. We're clearly going to do Face-Off one day. So, okay, okay, you know. okay. Well, screw that then. Let's park that. It's not a sequel to Face-Off. No, it's not. It's, not it's, it's a reunion of the face of those two from Face-Off. Yeah. Right? It doesn't need to be the same characters, but yes. No, I, just, I just always like the idea of any film that we can get Nicolas Cage and John Travolta facing. I think they're... Because... I think John Travolta might—he's not—he's not as crazy as Nicolas Cage, but he's one of the few who can also occasionally go to that level of insanity. So, mm, yeah, I think there's a reason those two are well matched. Yeah, great. Okay, and yeah, so I guess that's uh, that—that's the premise. And oh, and, and do we need to finish it off or just leave it open? Oh, I think just leave it at that. Really? Yeah, yeah. 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 Presumably, Nicolas Cage wins because yeah, comes, must, com, comes out on good top. must triumph over evil. Yeah. yeah yes, but man. at what cost? Indeed, at what cost? In a, it was. In a post-credit scene.
0: Turns out <clears throat> he's now a vampire as well. Yeah, maybe he gets bitten. Yeah, but with actual teeth, like a real vampire. Yeah,
1: maybe the no, no, no. Maybe the last scene of the film. Maybe he gets bitten, and then the last scene of the film. And you just see him staggering into a toy shop and buying a pair of plastic teeth and just putting them in his mouth and then staggering out into the darkness and then mm-hmm. boom, end credits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, well, that's that then. That's mm-hmm. a vampire's French kiss. I like it. I was going to ask why French kiss, and then
0: I was like, oh, because he's French. So, no. Well, initially, because I wanted a title, and then I looked up names similar to Peter, because I wanted his twin brother... To have a similar name. To yeah. have a very similar name. And, uh... Pierre. Pierre was just the first one that I found, and I was like, "That, that's perfect. It's perfect, yeah. yeah.
1: Also, French garlic. Ah, yes. You have that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. hmm Yeah, cool. Okay, I like that. I think that's very good. Uh, so, this week, I have, rather than do one big idea, I've gone three small ideas, basically. I'm sorry. Am I boring you? <laughs> Good luck with your ideas, John. Thank you. No bitch. So the first one is because, as I mentioned in a, in my plot summary, I really felt for Alva in this movie. I can't stress enough. I really felt really bad for that character. Like. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, what would this film look like from her perspective? Mm-hmm. So then I thought, oh, well, this this whole office that they're working at—it feels like a very hostile work environment. Mm. So I was thinking, wouldn't it be fun to like, retell the story, but instead of it being a horror movie, it's like the TV show, The Office. Mm. So have you watched any version of The Office? There's an American one and a British one, obviously.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I've watched some of the British
1: okay so you know the format I've seen, I've seen many clips of both so you know the format basically yeah. so I feel like it's in that similar kind of mock documentary kind of style mm-hmm. where Alva is going to be a young girl a young immigrant girl who gets a job as a secretary for a literary agency mm. and she's going to be like the the Pam or the Dawn the main girl from both You know. mm-hmm. so she's kind of shy and she's just trying to make her way in her career and you know and I feel like she finds herself working for Nicolas Cage's character obviously who is basically like the Steve Carell or the Ricky Gervais, you know, the, mm-hmm. the the nightmare boss from hell, basically. Yeah, yeah. But in this version, he's not just a boss from hell because he's inappropriate. He's a boss from hell because he's literally a boss from hell. <laughs> he's a vampire or <laughs> thinks he's a vampire, mm-hmm. and so it's gonna tell it's gonna tell basically the same story but more from Alva's perspective and also with a the office style like where she's talking to the camera like oh, this new boss is really intense. <laughs> I just can't find this file. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but i think we can also like flesh it out a little bit with some supporting characters mm-hmm. so i'm thinking that everyone who works in this office apart from alva is in some way some kind of supernatural undead kind of character mm-hmm. so maybe like all the men in the office all the guys who are like laughing along with Nicolas cage in that scene after he chases mm-hmm. of the bathroom all werewolves mm-hmm. all of them are werewolves okay yeah? okay and they're all like howling at the women and just being sexist and you know mm-hmm. all that stuff the old woman who says what the fuck is going on clearly a witch <laughs> obviously a witch <laughs> she's gonna have a love interest who's like gonna be like the the gym character who's also maybe a werewolf he's like a sales rep or something maybe he's also a werewolf or, mm-hmm. a, or a zombie or something mm-hmm. but anyway the point is as, as i said these are only short ideas but at, at a certain point i think alva should get really sick and tired of being harassed by nicholas cage and all the men and she should convince all the women at the in the office to form a coven Mm, okay so yeah. she becomes a witch as well right the witches bring her into the coven so they, it's like a union it's, it's like normal aid. like they're unionized to like fight for their rights as workers but also casting spells so <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so that's idea number one just okay. literally a, sit, a TV sitcom in the style of the office second idea is um, undead therapy <laughs> and this is the psychiatrist Again, all her patients are... Ah, okay, nice. St- ...like struggling, undead, supernatural people. Okay, but does she acknowledge that to them? I feel like she does know, yeah. She knows, but does she... She doesn't acknowledge it particularly no. Yeah, They're just normal therapy sessions. Okay. I'm thinking... There's a TV show I used to watch called In Treatment... I think I might have mentioned it before. It was a show that would like it had Gabriel Byrne as a the therapist, and it had like five episodes a, a week, and each episode was like a half hour real time therapy session with a different character, mm-hmm. and you just followed them through the weeks as their therapy went on. It was really, it was a mm. really cool show. But I love that idea. But they're all like, it's like a, a vampire and a werewolf and a zombie and yeah. a witch. Yeah. And she's, yeah,
0: that's, that's good. Yeah. So, uh, to some of them. I'm thinking that they don't. None of them realize that they are these things. No, but it's um, obvious but, to her. Yeah. yeah, even if they're like they're a zombie. Yeah, and like they're very clearly a zombie. Yeah, and, and they just don't
1: realize. That. Yeah, it's like I just feel like, like I've got people
0: who treat me weird at work. Mm-hmm. What's that about? Yeah. And she's like, "Um, are you behaving weirdly towards <laughs> I mean,
1: I did eat my secretary's brains, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I got bitten by some really weird guy the other day, and I've just <laughs> not been the same since. Yeah. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, that's all I got there. I just thought it'd be really funny to have, like, a therapy kind of style. Mm-hmm. But my third idea, and I think this might be my favourite one, and this I do have a title for this one, and this is called Vampire's Kiss Uncaged. Yep. And this is a franchise based on this movie in which, rather than, like, being sequels and, like, what happened next, it is a series of films of Nicolas Cage playing a character who mistakenly believes he's turning into something Mm -hmm. like a werewolf, like a zombie. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. So, for example, maybe he gets bitten by a dog one night or a dog breaks into his apartment or whatever, you know. You know, similar setup. He's still this 80s yuppie kind of, you know, asshole. Gets bitten by a dog starts convincing himself he's a werewolf. He stops shaving, gets a really shaggy beard. Mm-hmm. Starts running around on all fours all the time. Mm-hmm. He sexually harasses Alva by sniffing her bum and dry humming her leg. You know, just classic, we're talking like classic dog cliche. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. You could also have a zombie, like like we talked before, he maybe has like a strange taste for human flesh. He just starts gnawing on people and walking around with his arms outstretched all the time, you know, because obviously yeah. Nicolas Cage loves any physicality, <laughs> you know. is. His skin goes all grey. You know he stops washing, all that kind of stuff. You have a witch. He starts trying to fly a broomstick and cackling all the time. And (laughs) what else do witches do? Maybe like tries to set himself on fire because witches got burns at the stake. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Uh, Tries to drown himself. Tries to drown himself to see if he floats or not. Does a lot of swimming. Casts lots of spells and convinces himself that they're working. Oh yeah. Gets a magic wand. Yeah. And a hat. (laughs) A pointy hat. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. (laughs) Great. But my favourite one is. The version of the story in which Nicolas Cage goes to the therapy and says, I'm pretty sure I'm a leprechaun. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Uh, Do do go on. Well, I'm just thinking, what could be funnier than Nicolas Cage? Leprechaun. So... (laughs) So he gets really, he starts dressing exclusively in green. He just starts wearing only green. Mm -hmm. Accent wise, he gets to put on the most ridiculous Irish accent. To be sure, to be sure, me laddie, you know. Or me Mm -hmm. pot of gold. He becomes obsessed with his pot of gold. Mm -hmm. He he, he convinces Mm -hmm. himself that his secretary has stolen his pot of gold, (laughs) which doesn't exist. So he's searching for his pot of gold. Yeah, and he's just just walking around with a silly Irish accent. He, He thinks he's smaller than he is, like he's trying to, like, hunched down to be like a little tiny little person mm-hmm. I don't know what else leprechauns do to be honest mm. but I just thought it'd be really funny to see Nicolas Cage put on the accent and be a leprechaun mm. maybe, maybe he plays the fl- the tin pan, the tin flute or something <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah no, no that, I don't that's I like all. That. I, that, that would be quite good yeah
1: I feel like Nicolas Cage leprechaun might be the best version of that idea
2: yeah.
0: mm. god that'd be mental yeah
1: <laughs> you, you know what though he'd probably do it he probably would yeah
0: very good okay well mm-hmm. uh, did that one have a name at all? That
1: was Nicolas Cage uncaged. Uh, sorry, uncaged. that was Vampire's Kiss uncaged. Vampire's yeah.
0: Kiss uncaged. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that works.
1: Cool. Mm. Great. All right. Well, should we go to listen submissions? Sure. Have you got any this week? I think I've got one.
0: Okay. Cool. So Stephanie Palais, um says, "I think the next stage from Vampire's Kiss is Vampire's Pash, or possibly Vampire's Second Base."
1: Oh, I see. Dot dot dot. Yeah, Vampire's Pash Rash. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the third one
0: I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's after you've. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yes. Vampire's Pash Rash. (laughs) Oh, God.
1: Starring Nicolas Cage.
0: Starring Nicolas Cage. As the Pash.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That sounds like a really low-rent DC... (laughs) The (laughs) Pash. Nicolas Cage is the Pash. No, 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 I don't want that. Awful. Is that all you got? That's all I got, yeah. What you got? Okay, I I have a few more than that, thankfully. Uh, So, Nathaniel Hubbard said, this is a similar idea to mine, werewolf's hug. Vampire's kiss, werewolf's hug. Mm -hmm. A guy is increasingly convinced that he's turning into a werewolf, but it turns out he's just been a German shepherd that someone puts a hat on the whole time. (laughs) Uh, Jose Martinez said, vampire's over-the-clothes hand stuff. Mm -hmm. Instead of a kiss. Ryan Klima said, kiss, kiss, blah, (laughs) blah. I guess that's accent-wise, blah, blah. Johan Kaikonen said, vampire's piss oh no Crimson Tide (laughs) Dennis Fanning said vampires kiss and tell he writes a book on how to lose weight on the all cockroach diet and it becomes a big hit (laughs) Mike Carey said vampires kiss from a rose on the Mm grey that's that's the old song Mm -hmm. Uh, Scott Hillman said uh, pitched an actual sequel an actual a genuine sequel which none of of us did Uh, so nearly dead from a chest Mm -hmm. wound did you? Oh no, you did. you did sorry, I forget. Well in this one, Nicholas Cage you I'm sorry, I understand because Nicholas Cage's same character stays alive in this mm-hmm. one, which we didn't do. So almost dead from a chest wound and suffering from a major psychotic break, Nicholas Cage's character Peter Lowe finds himself in a psych ward trying to come to grips with his life and his delusions about being a vampire. Mm-hmm. But as he does, he realizes he is aging 30 years rapidly, I guess because it's-, <laughs> it's 30 years later, mm-hmm. which he can't take for his vanity. And the only solution he knows of is to bathe in the blood of virgins. Or is this all in his head again? Mm. So I guess it's like he tries to get better. Mm. He survives his injury, tries to get better. Mm -hmm. But then when he finds himself aging, he goes straight back to vampire and decides the only way to stay young again Mm -hmm. is to bathe in the blood of virgins. And I guess that's going to involve a lot of killing. Right, cool. Interesting, yeah. Mm. Josh Malfroy said, Never been kissed by a vampire. (laughs) That's never been kissed, Drew Barrymore film from the 90s. Sure. Isaiah Hans said, so, I'm the guy who's got to say it. Fine. It's on me. Okay. Vampires fuck. Uh. <laughs> Someone had to. He was the one. Josh Nolette said, Frankenstein's sensual neck rub. <laughs> Gabriel Canada said, interview with the vampire's kiss. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that idea. Yeah. And over on Twitter, at Quiz and Hairs said, just that meme with you don't say looped for two hours straight. It's probably better than the movie. I don't know. I've not seen the movie. Well, you know what, quiz and Hairs? You're wrong. It's a great movie. Mm. Go watch it. Mm-hmm. So thank you, everybody, for those sequel ideas. We ask for your listener submissions every week a few days before we record by putting posts out on Facebook and Twitter where you can post your ideas. So make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't want to miss out. To listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box Set, you can subscribe and browse our back catalogue on any podcasting platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and many others, all of which you can also leave a five-star review, which we both read to lighten our moods for our post-episode hangovers, which are definitely... I mean, I'm, I'm hungover right now. Yeah, we are always hungover. And,
0: and, and, well, yeah, and luckily we got a lot of reviews. Yeah. But we always need more.
1: We we always we can always use more, here. <coughs> As mentioned before, we're also available on Patreon, which, which is exclusively for the kind of people who would raise us more than five stars if they could. You can find all those links in the description below or at beyondtheboxset.com. And next week, Harry, mm-hmm. we are concluding our vampire season. Hmm. How do you think it's gone so far? Hit and miss. Hit and miss, yeah. I've enjoyed it. Hit and then, no, no, no. It's hit, miss, miss, hit. Hit, miss. So, Shadows, hits. Yep. Dracula, miss. I would argue, I would dispute that, but fine. Okay. Lesbian vampire killers. Strong miss. Strong miss. But fun to talk about. I mean, it's exactly what I expected. Sure, yeah. And yeah, I think I'm glad we can both agree that this is a hit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's fine. I think that that brings us about even. Yeah. So, but to to finish us off, we're gonna not not literally, not literally uh, but to conclude this season, we are gonna have a Patreon episode. Oh yeah. So we're gonna be joined by our dear friend of the pod, mm-hmm. uh, Julio from the Contrarians podcast, mm-hmm. and he's gonna be bringing us a very popular vampire movie called Let the Right One In. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Mm. So join us next week, listeners, for Let the Right One In. Yeah. And uh, yep, until then, see you later. Lovely. Bye. See you next time. Bye. Bye.